So, hello. Hello, everybody, and welcome to what is the very first episode of Small Screen Stories Live. So, it's coming to you live. So, whether you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube, which at the moment are the two areas where I'm trying to stream, again, this is very new. So, please bear with me. There's probably going to be some glitches along the way. <sighs> you know how it is. But basically, so I'm the guy behind Small Screen. My name's Ed. Um, I'm the editor and founder of Small Screen. And this is a place that I wanted to create where we could talk about movies, TV shows, video games, comic books, all sorts of things. And I thought it'd be quite a fun idea to start a, um, a new sort of thing, a new live streaming format where I went through the news of the day. So hopefully I could do this every day. That's the idea. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see how things go, and uh, and hopefully it can um, <laughs> it can work. Oh, I don't. I mean, we'll we'll see. Uh, I'm also going to be putting this out as a podcast, which is going to be interesting because usually I get to edit the podcast, but this is live, so I'm going I'm just going to put it out there. And, um, and yeah, so let's get started with the news of the week, or at least the news of the day, because I'm going to try and do this daily. So the very first thing um, I wanted to talk about was what this stream is called, which is the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. So basically, Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, is starring in this new Disney Plus series and he was on the Graham Norton show recently and on the Graham Norton show he actually revealed that the uh, the Disney Plus series the Obi-Wan Kenobi series will start shooting in March so that's March 2021 so with everything that's going on right now with coronavirus at the moment things are pretty up in the air we still don't know what's happening with a lot of shows and, and movies everything's been pushed into 2021 which is um, it's slightly frustrating, but it's just one of those things we've got to deal with. If, it's, if you're a movie fan or a TV fan, it's, it's been a kind of weird year uh, for many, many reasons. But um, one, of, one of the things I think a lot of people have been looking forward to are these new Star Wars TV shows because they're still coming out. So basically, one of the reasons why they can still make these shows is because they're filmed in a closed set. So they're using uh, a new type of uh, technology to film these things, which is basically you've got a screen behind you and you can have a set. And it looks like you're, you can be in the desert, you can be on the moon, you can be anywhere, you can be on a different planet, and you can still film this all inside. So it makes it a much, much easier and safer environment to film things in. It also looks incredible. The way these, I mean, if you've seen, if you've seen The Mandalorian season one, you would not have known that that was all filmed just in front of a, um, in front of a screen, which is, is insane. And it's where this technology is going. And the Obi-Wan Kenobi series is going to use the same technology, which is why they're gonna start shooting in March, because they can, they can actually make a safe and closed set. So regardless of what's happening with coronavirus, unless there's a mass lockdown, which hopefully there won't be, but um, regardless of coronavirus, they're going to be doing this. He actually, again, he revealed this on the Graham Norton show, and he, he just, on that, it was in an interview, and in that interview, he just talks about how excited he was. He said, we start shooting, um, we start shooting in March, so I'm just going to put up the... Uh, 
here you go. So yeah, we start shooting in March next year. The fun thing about doing them in the first place when I was much younger was trying to imagine Alec Guinness and how he'd play these streams as a younger guy. It led me to watch a lot of his early work, which I hadn't seen before. Brilliant movies, wonderful films he'd been in. And I just had such a great time studying him in those movies. This time I'll be much closer, I'll be much closer to him in age and it will be my challenge to sort of meet him somewhere. It's a great honor to try and pretend to be him. So, so that's just one of those, you know, he's obviously very, very excited about this. I would, I mean, I would be too, if I'm Ewan McGregor, it's a massive honor to play Obi-Wan Kenobi in the first place. He's great at it. He was one of the shining lights of the, uh, of, of the prequel movies. And I think a lot of people are excited to see him play it again. Uh, I mean, judging by the reaction when it was revealed, a lot of people are very excited to see him play, uh, well, play Obi-Wan Kenobi. In, um, in more um, Star Wars related news, TV related news, they released today um, a TV spot of The Mandalorian Season 2 and that featured more of Moff Gideon. So if you're not familiar with Moff Gideon, then you haven't been watching The Mandalorian. If you are, then you'll know that it's he's played by Giancarlo Esposito of Breaking Bad fame. He's just brilliant at uh, being a villain and he's the villain of this new TV show. And they, I mean, check out the uh, the TV spot for yourselves, but... Um, it's a 30-second TV spot, not very long, but in it we've got a lot of Moff Gideon saying that you've taken something from me, which is, of course, Baby Yoda. Uh, hope, who knows, maybe in uh, in season two we're actually going to know what the creature's real name is so we can stop referring to it as Baby Yoda. I actually did an article about how everyone's been referring to Baby Yoda as a he, but in the series, if you listen carefully, uh, there's uh, one character that seems to know what this creature is refers to it as a she so I think it's a female um at least I think so but that doesn't really matter to be honest uh it's if you watch the tv spot it really kind of it put me in the mood to watch season two because I've been looking forward to this ever since the end of season one I didn't think all that much of some of the episodes in season one I thought it was a bit kind of -of run-of-the-mill stuff but it was really enjoyable especially towards the end the last two episodes of the Mandalorian season one were incredible and uh, and I'm really really excited to to see them kind of progress from that I thought there were some filler episodes Um, the fact that they release them weekly as well is I personally like it but it also means you know, it's it's not very long. It's thirty minutes an episode, so it means once you, if it's not a great episode, then you feel a bit disappointed. And there were some episodes in there that I really did feel were, were kind of filler. Hopefully, season two will kind of be better, <laughs> be better, and have a kind of a, a tighter story arc. I'm hoping, and uh, and each episode will really keep us interested. There's also the fact that you've got Boba Fett coming into season two as well. That's going to be part of it. Ahsoka Tano is meant to be in there. Apparently Rosario Dawson's been cast as Ahsoka Tano, but I mean, I haven't heard anything about that ever since. Um, we've got Sasha Banks, who's potentially playing Sabine Wren. Um, if you're familiar with Star Wars Rebels, then you'll know who she is. She's another Mandalorian and a really, really fascinating character. There have also been some <laughs> some rumors about uh, potentially having some other characters from Star Wars Rebels. I'm blanking on on the name right now. Uh, Ezra Bridger. How did I blank on that name? Is potentially going to be 
kind of involved in season two. And if you've been watching The Haunting of Bly Manor, which I'm going to be talking about in a bit, then you might be uh, quite excited to hear that the uh, one of the actors in The Haunting of Bly Manor, actually the best actor, he plays Owen, the, the chef. So bear with me when I <laughs> try and come up with his name because I've forgotten his name. But uh, he was kind of messing around on Twitter. This was a while ago. It was a couple of weeks ago now. But um, he was uh, messing around a bit on Twitter and kind of uh, suggested uh, Rahul Kohli. I think I said that right. He is fantastic. But he was messing around on Twitter and suggesting that he was going to be playing Ezra Bridger. And um, loads of people took took that and ran with it. And uh, it, it kind of caused a massive kind of stir on Twitter because he then came out and said, actually, guys, I'm not playing Ezra Bridger. And he had the uh, Star Wars Rebels music in the background. He's he's a fan of, of all this stuff. He's a massive Star Wars nerd. And to be honest, now that he put his, his name in the fray, I really can't think of anyone better to play Ezra Bridger than him. If you've watched The Haunting of Bly, uh, uh, of Bly Manor, then you'll know uh, how incredible he is. And um, I just want to see more of him, just like a lot more. Of the guy, I think he's. I think he's a really talented actor. Sorry, I'm just playing around with my lighting. Right. So what? Uh, well, let's move. Let's move on from the Mandalorian. There's a lot of Mandalorian stuff. And actually, let's talk about the haunting of Bly Manor. So if you, I mean, it's ha- it's Halloween, which means that you know you got all the scary stuff coming out now, which is great. I love scary movies. I love scary TV shows. One of the scary TV shows I really, really, really enjoyed uh, last, I believe it was last year, 2019, was The Haunting of Hill House, which was directed by Mike Flanagan. Maybe it was 2018. I can't remember right now. But he then went on to direct Doctor Sleep, which I wasn't so keen on. But then he kind of came back with The Haunting of, uh, of Bly Manor, which I think is, I think is kind of, it's not as scary, but it's definitely more... It, it's more interesting. It's it's more intriguing than The Haunting of Hill House was. It's based on a book called The Turn of the Screw by Henry James, which is a really good gothic horror book. And uh, and they really kind of captured that vibe in, uh, in well, what is The Haunting of Season 2. I love this uh, Haunting of series. I think it's a really, really good series because there are so many interesting kind of gothic horror books that they can take and adapt. And, um, and then we were told here at Small Screen... Um, so yeah, we have a, a couple of people actually, uh, the, a couple of sources kind of confirm this, that the third season of the Haunting of uh, franchise is actually going to be an adaptation of The Woman in Black. So if you haven't read The Woman in Black or seen the stage play in London, it's fantastic. It's a book written by Susan Hill. It was actually, it's, it's a gothic horror book, but it was actually written relatively recently. So it was written in 1983. And it features, um, we, I mean, you, you must be familiar with it because there was a Daniel Radcliffe movie that came out back in 2012. Um, I wasn't so keen on the Daniel Radcliffe uh, movie, but um, I really, really love the book and I really, really love the, scre- the stage play in, uh, in London. If you're ever in London, do go and check out The Woman in Black because it's the best thing on stage in London at the West End. It's fantastic. But um, the book is set, well... It's kind of set in old England times, and uh, it features. It's the main character is a, is a lawyer called Arthur Kipps who goes to a house called Eelmarsh um, House, and he experiences weird things there. He goes there to kind of settle the accounts of the woman that lived there that died, and uh, and there's a ghost. Um, there's the woman in black, 
in in the house and it's really spooky it's really good fun and i think it would make a perfect perfect season three especially for all those people who felt that season two wasn't quite scary enough which i know a lot of people have been saying that online i think the woman in black if they do that and my sources have told me that it's going to be called the haunting of eel marsh house which kind of, it just it just sounds perfect and um and i kind of I, I ran with it because i I really loved the idea and it was multiple sources that told me. So I just thought, you know what, I'll run with it because it's it just seems right. And then um, people have, been, so one one person was, uh, one source was telling me that um, it was that Netflix are trying to acquire the rights to, to, the, to The Woman in Black so that they can either make a movie or adapt it into a series. And then another person, just an, uh, completely... Uh, unconnected to the first person uh, told me that it's actually going to be uh, the woman in black is going to be season three of the haunting of so it's going to be called the haunting of eel marsh house again i mean i get a lot of people sending me tips um i'm very careful about uh just vetting them beforehand but sometimes it's really difficult but when it's multiple people um you kind of gotta run with it and um and i did so it's um supposedly an exclusive but uh, it was it's quite fun you know it's quite fun if that if that does happen i'd be really really happy and i'm pretty sure a lot of people out there would be pretty happy as well um moving away from the haunting of bly manor and um let's go on to the batman so today well it was 2 days ago now uh we got some relatively interesting screenshots uh, not so not screenshots uh, some snaps from the the set of the batman which is currently filming in the uk and um, in those pictures, we got a really good look at basically everybody. But the person that I really wanted to uh, focus on was Colin Farrell as the Penguin. So I'm just going get, to get it up here because he looks absolutely incredible. So if you can see him here, that is Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell, I was really, really excited when I heard that he'd been cast as the Penguin. Because I'm just going to go through some of the images of him on set and here he is next to Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne I'm so excited for this film I can't begin to explain how excited I am for this movie but I think Colin Farrell did say that he's only going to be in a small part of the movie uh this it seems as though this is uh it, this scene is going to be some sort of uh funeral uh, maybe someone had been killed quite a high ranking official had uh, has been murdered and of course, you can see there, there's uh, Carmine Falcone right behind him. And uh, also we got a, a little glimpse at, at um, Zoe Kravitz's Selena, uh, Selena Kyle, aka Catwoman. And I just, I just love the look here. I love the fact that this is Colin Farrell. I think the makeup is fantastic, actually. Um, I'm just going to pause it on his face right there. I think he looks so good. We saw um, a snippet of him in the Batman trailer, which was released um, a couple of months ago now. And the only way I managed to figure out that it was Colin Farrell was by the voice. Because if you're, if you're looking at his face in that, in that and in those pictures I just showed you, you would not believe that that was Colin Farrell. I mean, the guy's a really good looking Irish guy, but they've made him look like something completely different. But there's something that, I mean, when I first heard that he was playing playing the Penguin, I was kind of thinking, well, what you know, what what avenue are they going to take the character down? I know Colin Farrell's very famous for kind of putting on and losing weight for for roles, so I wasn't really worried about that. I just I just wanted to know 
what what sort of penguin we were going to get apparently in this movie he doesn't like being called the penguin he does get referred to as the penguin and he hates it but then i think by the end of it he'll probably just run with it the other thing is that this film is probably going to have a lot of batman villains i mean not probably it is going to have a lot of batman villains we've got paul dano playing the riddler we've got selena carl i know she's not a technically catwoman's not a villain but sometimes she is she's playing she's playing catwoman um zoe kravitz and then so it just seems to be more and more and more people more and more kind of batman rogues villains popping up in this movie and it's because uh matt reeves has mentioned that he wants to or he was inspired by the long halloween which is one of the most incredible batman uh comic books ever ever written it's brilliant if you haven't read it read it it's really good and if they are kind of taking inspiration from that then it kind of means that we're going to be seeing a different sort of batman to the one we've seen in in previous movies a more kind of detective movie um matt reese has mentioned how it's a, a kind of almost like a noir, a noir thriller i love all of this this sounds fantastic brilliant bring it on bring on colin farrell as as the penguin that looks that that's just something that i'm really really up for seeing and uh and yeah that's I mean, there is some, maybe I should, there, there's one last thing about the Batman that I want to talk about. And that's the um, the rumors that uh, he was kicked off the set uh, because he wasn't buff enough. So this comes from uh, a YouTube channel called uh, Overlords DVD. And he's originally started as a guy that um, <laughs> likes to talk about Star Wars. And um, he was posting a lot of videos about how George Lucas was somehow involved in the new Star Wars movies and how it was all a mess at Lucasfilm and they wanted George Lucas to come back and replace uh, Kathleen Kennedy. None of this has been confirmed by anybody, but now he seems to have set his sights on the Batman. And I I mean, I suppose it's the biggest comic book movie coming out, or one of them. And he claims that Matt Reeves was really uh, shocked by Robert Pattinson's physique. He just he claims that he that Reeves thought he wasn't buff enough. He was worried that the um, the stunt double they hired was too big compared to Robert Pattinson because he hadn't got big enough. And then he told him to leave the set and get buff. Um, and then the whole COVID thing was a cover up. The problem I have with this is that. There's no evidence that this is the case. Um, there's also it doesn't make any sort of sense. It's like why why would they why would they do that? The, Matt Reeves has already spoken about how this is a very different Batman to the ones that came before. The ones that came before we had the likes of Ben Affleck and Christian Bale, and they were both yes they were like beefy men. They were really big mus- muscular versions of Batman, but before that. We'd had like George Clooney, we'd had Val Kilmer, we had Michael Keaton. You know, they're not, they weren't like massive, they weren't buff, they were in a suit, you know, and you, you can put Robert Pattinson in a suit. <laughs> Judging by the trailer, in the trailer, Robert Pattinson looks, he looks imposing as Batman, he looks big. Robert Pattinson's a tall guy as well, you know, the height is, is helpful in, in that as well. He's probably the tallest actor that's ever played Batman. I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't have the heights here now, but he's definitely a tall guy compared to actually no, probably Ben Affleck's the tallest. Yeah, Ben Affleck's pretty tall. But regardless, it's it's something that um, that I've always. Uh, sorry, it seems that the stream's going out. It's something that um, 
that I'm that that really kind of doesn't just upset me, but it, it gets a bit irritating when people kind of just put this sort of stuff out there, and then websites kind of run with it and claim that it's true. Um, I mean, I suppose it's 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 the game that you play. It's like you know, it's just one of those things, I suppose. But it's like let's take a step back and really look at what's being said, and uh, it starts it does get a bit ridiculous after after a time. Who knows? Probably is true. I don't think it is. Um, I really hope it's not. And um, <laughs> it's just it's just one of those things that I find a bit... It, it can be quite amusing at times. Uh, I will end this stream on a final bit of news, which is uh, it's about Mad Max, the Mad Max prequel. So this is, I think, really exciting. Uh, one of the things that came out of... Um, of the news about the prequel is the fact that we're not going to be seeing Charlie's Theron play Furiosa, which is, yeah, that's, that's a bit upsetting. Uh, but we're getting now Anya Taylor-Joy and Chris Hemsworth and Yaha Abdul-Mateen II in this. They're three fantastic, fantastic actors. So, you know, it's like we're losing Charlie's Theron, but we're gaining probably three of the best actors working in Hollywood right now. And according to, this is according to Variety, Anya Taylor-Joy is going to be playing the younger version of Furiosa. And um, they also said that uh, the director, George Miller, was thinking of potentially casting uh, Charlize Theron as Furiosa and just de-aging her, but then just decided to go with Anya Taylor-Joy in the end. Obviously, she delivered a fantastic, um, (laughs) just was really good in... um, uh, the audition was fantastic, and they decided to cast her. I mean, I kind of see it when you look when you're looking at Anya Taylor Joy, and you think, you know what, she she does look like a, she'd make a really good Furiosa. So hopefully, in this movie, we're going to see. Well, we are going to see the beginnings of her character, kind of her origin story, maybe how she lost her arm, and uh, I think it's going to be fun. I love a Mad Max. I loved uh, Mad Max Fury Road. I've basically loved almost every Mad Max film. They're not all fantastic, but they're all good fun. And I think this one's going to be really, really good fun. Bringing Chris Hemsworth in it, that's, that's you know, and Abdul Mateen the, uh, the, the second is a fantastic actor. If you watch Watchmen, he's brilliant in that. So that's three really good actors that are going to be f- kind of front and center of this movie. I don't think there was some speculation that Chris Hemsworth is going to play a younger version of Mad Max, but I'm not sure if that's the case. Um, who knows? I mean... I think it'd be a bit weird if you have Furiosa uh, kind of meeting Mad Max in a prequel movie because it wouldn't make sense as far as Fury Road's concerned. But these films, kind of, they all kind of stand alone, really. And uh, it's just... I think it's going to be one of those films that's just on its own uh, and have the beginnings of Furiosa's kind of... how she became the character we kind of came to love in Mad Max Fury Road. Anyway... That will be it for today. Thank you very much for joining. I think there are some issues with the stream, probably on Facebook, but you know, that's just one of those things. Uh, you can follow Small Screen everywhere at Small Screen GB. Uh, that's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, like and subscribe if you can. Um, and I will see you again tomorrow. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Thank you.